Well, again, good morning to all of you. It good morning, is, uh, guys. Oh, I'm on. It's a, it's a treat to have all of you here. I hope that, uh, I hope that you feel welcomed if it's your first time with us. Uh, this is a special day, uh, and it's great to have you here. We hope that, uh, that uh, you enjoy what we're doing today and just the uh, things that will be taking place today. Uh, so welcome to all of you. Welcome to all of you. Um, the couple of things I want to mention just very quickly, take care of some family business. So if you're not, if you're not a regular member of the church, you can zone out for a few minutes here, okay? Uh, first of all, uh, well, if you're not, you can pay attention to this part too. Next Sunday is daylight savings time. Referred to in church life as Black Sunday. Um, <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, um, for, for all of our regular members, we have a tradition, and on that tradition, um, I pick the, some, some of the uh, blood oranges from my orange trees, and I squeeze orange juice for everybody that's here early on, or on time for the first service. So um, next Sunday morning, uh, we'll be here having a great time together. Then uh, I want to mention one thing just, just quickly again for the sake of our family members here. Last week we were talking about a necessity of, of uh, resurfacing our parking lot. And uh, you have really stepped up greatly to, to meet the need. And I want to first of all say thank you for all that you have done and, and you are doing for those of you that are making commitments. Um, but uh, if you haven't set aside a special gift for, for resurfacing our parking lot because... We, we, we spend more time preaching the gospel in our parking lot than we do anyplace else. We, we use our parking lot to proclaim... <laughs> yeah. We use our parking lot as boldly as possible to proclaim the virgin birth and the deity of Christ at Christmas time and at Easter. Plus, we eat a lot out there during the rest of the year. And we even park cars on it once in a while. <laughs> But anyway, so I want to say thank you for that, and um, we will be uh, getting it together here very quickly, and you will be seeing a, a big change in our parking lot. Well, as we're saying, today is a, is a special day. It's a day of the installation of, of Josh as the lead pastor in the church. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of you, you're asking questions, well, what are you going to do now? And... Um, <laughs> And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to work for Josh. And, um, and uh, I want to be the best staff member for him like he has been for me. And so, but just, just briefly, um, I, I want to remind you of a couple of things as we are getting into this the installation part of what we're going to be doing today. But in Ephesians in chapter 4, Paul is laying down some foundations of how the church is to work and what the church is to look like and how God plans on directing and, and governing his church. And um, in, in Ephesians in chapter 4, it says that, uh, and he gave some... Uh, to be apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for the building 
uh, up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ, so that we no longer may be children tossed to and fro by the waves of carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into him who is the head uh, into Christ, from whom every joint uh, from whom every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And you know, God is the God that just gives. He just gives. He, he gives, he gives the, the, the breath of life. The first gift that he gave human beings was the breath of life. And when he botched that up, he made it possible for us to continue to have that breath of life. He sent his son to pay the price to put us back into a right relationship. But God is also a God that gives gifts to the church. The church is God's vehicle to, re- to reveal the manifest glory of Christ. The church is the vehicle that God has chosen, and he gives gifts to the church. And one of the gifts that he gives to the church is a pastor, is an overseer, someone that can lead and guide and direct. And so this, the church is it's moving into a new season. For those of you that have come as friends and as family members to celebrate this special day, we want to say thank you. We want you to, uh, to, to enjoy what's going on. To our church family members that are here, I want to ask you to, to really join in completely and totally in the installation of, of Josh as, as your pastor now. I learned a number of years ago as I started off in the ministry that there was something very dangerous uh, about laying on of hands. It can be very great or it can be very dangerous. There is something special that takes place when you lay hands on a person and you give them your blessing. It is, it is not, it's not like shaking hands with a greeter at Walmart. There is something supernatural that goes on. And so today what I, I have asked several um, uh, members of, of, of the clergy, uh, some of them are still in full-time positions in clergy, some are, have taken different roles in, in clergy, some have, are, are in a place of, of retiring. Uh, some have moved in different places. But these are all uh, women and men of God that I have a lot of confidence in. And as I'm saying, I want you to come and to lay hands on Josh. I know that, that they are going to be the people that have an anointing on their life, a presence of God on their life that Josh will need to, to go in and to take this church into its next phases. And so inside of, when you came in today, you received a little thing of passing the torch. And inside of this, there is a, there is a list of the, what I am calling the, the attending clergy. And by attending clergy, I mean they are here to, to attend to Josh. In the same way that, um, that bridesmaids would prepare the bride 
would, would make sure, well, no, your veil's a little crooked. In, in the same way that there is a, um, um, a, a paying attention, in the same way that the groomsmen are going to say, dude, your cummerbund's on backwards. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that these 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 are these are women and men of God, that that are to to attend, to attend to this this installation, to attend to this anointing season, anointing time, for for Josh and and for Mako, and so I'm going to ask the the attending clergy, Hyatt Moore, if he would come up. Um, Hyatt Moore has is a, has been a. A missionary. He was president of Wycliffe Bible Translators. He's an artist now. Um, does one of my favorite artists, very honestly. Uh, Derek and Andrea Ketchum, if you would come up. Derek and Andrea also have been missionaries for numbers of years. And um, um, something special about Derek is that um, um, is that when I was a youth pastor, Derek was in my youth group. And then he became a youth pastor for me later on, and then was Josh's youth pastor. Um, Derek and Andrea were very have, have ministered to Janice and I in a very incredible way. That was a very special, special time uh, for for Janice and I when they they took care of us. They they nursed our wounds. Uh, when we were in, in France with them for a long period of time, and they were there to, 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 to take care of us. Uh, Randy Vick, Randy, come, come on up. Randy is a pastor of Tapestry Ministry here in Claremont. Um, he is um, a, a friend of Josh's that they've just established a great relationship. Ray Wheeler, uh, come on up, Ray. And Ray is the uh, president of, of Leadership Praxis. He's been a pastor. Uh, he has worked for a number of years in, in, in ministry. Uh, Mike and Marla Maynard, did they, did they make it? I, they, they might be a, okay, Mike didn't, they might be make it. Okay, um, uh, Bruce and Kathleen Dow. Bruce and Kathleen, uh, we've, we've pastored and been working together in the ministry for more years than we want to admit. Um, but um, uh, Bruce and Kathleen uh, are, are overseers and pastors of a Messianic Fellowship, uh, just bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to, to, to the world. Um, then um, Norman and, and uh, Claudia Coulter, come on up, Norman and Claudia. Uh, they work in, in uh, character development, uh, been youth pastors, um, great friends. Uh, Christian Gar uh, Garcia, Christian, come on up and uh, we're going to bring, you know, just come on up, bring the baby, yeah. <laughs> Jesus still loves babies, so yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Christian, he's, he's, he's played a very important part of our church in, in taking us into fresh places in worship. Uh, Chris Santos, um, your wife, come on up. This is um, Chris is a college pastor. He at uh, he starts uh, church uh, uh, churches on on campuses in our area. Uh, he's just been a great influence in reaching our our people with with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then um, I'm going to ask my wife if she will come on up. Okay. 
and then I'm going to ask um, the pastoral staff if you would come up as well. And then uh, all of our elders, if you would come up. I want to um, <clears throat> again just say thank you to all of all of our of, of our people that are here. Um, they are here because they have something that they need to lay hands on Josh and impart to Josh for this next season of his life. I'm going to ask Josh if he would come up now. And, um... I think that on your side. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thank you. This and then, Mako, would you come up too, please? Yay. Oh, oh. our little one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, what we're going to be doing, I'm, you know, is um, as we in this installation of, of Josh as the, the lead pastor, the senior pastor, the one directing the church, um, I want you to know that I, I've said this to our, to our fellowship people, but Josh's biggest drawback is his last name. Because <laughs> you can't pronounce it. Because you can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, I don't want anybody to think that it has anything to do with nepotism. It has to do with, with an appointing by God of, of, a, of, a, of a man who was faithful, of a man who was what, what was this church was looking for and this church needed. And so I'm going to ask Josh some questions, and, then, and I want you to know I'm going to ask you some questions in a couple of minutes also. But I'm going to ask Josh some questions, and uh, it is not, it's not because I'm not sure if he believes it or not. <laughs> uh, it's because I believe that the declaration of, of, hi, of him speaking these words out uh, in, into the air to, 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 conf to confront, in essence, the powers and the principalities in the mm. air. 
the proclamation of, of, of these truths. Now, there's, there's so much more truths. I mean, very honestly, as I was putting together these questions to ask, I, I had about 4,000 questions, but I, I, I cut it down to 11. But, uh, as, but these are questions that I want you to understand that it's the foundation of the church, and I know that Josh believes them. It's important that they be spoken out, that they, that, because these words will create an authority for Josh in, 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 in this city and in, the, in this area. And so as I'm asking these questions to Josh, um, I'm going to ask you just even to answer them in your own spirit to your own self. Um, Josh. Do you believe in God the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth? I believe in God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. Josh, do you believe in the Trinity, one God, but revealed as the three in one, as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Trinity. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as one. Josh, do you believe that God the Father sent his only begotten son to earth to pay the price for men's sins? I believe God the Father sent his only son to pay the price for men's sins. Josh, do you believe in the virgin birth, in the deity of Christ, and that he took on human form to atone for men's sins so that man could be reconciled back to God? I believe in the virgin birth and the deity of Jesus. That he took on human form so that he could atone for our sins, so that we could have a right relationship with God. Josh, do you believe that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ and that there is no other name given under heaven by which man can be saved? I believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the narrow gate. Josh, do you believe that after his death on the cross that Jesus physically rose from the dead? I believe in the physical resurrection of the body of Jesus Christ. And I believe that he is at the right hand of the Father right now in physical form with the nails in his hands and the piercing in his side. Josh, do you believe that Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead? Eternal life with Christ in heaven for believers and eternal damnation for those who reject Christ. I believe that Jesus is coming back for us someday soon. He'll return in the clouds for us. He's going to judge the living, and he's going to judge the dead according to what we did on this planet, according to our righteousness. He's also going to judge those that don't believe in him. And Josh, do you believe that the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity sent by the Father to fulfill, to empower the saints, to give gifts, to point people to Jesus and convict of sins and empower us to live a holy life? I believe that the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity, that he is indwelt in us. He is our counselor. He's our guider. He leads us into all righteousness, and he convicts us of our sins. And Josh, do you believe in the infallibility of the Bible? I believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. I believe, second. Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, for correction, encouragement, uh, teaching, and encouragement. I uh, missed part of that, sorry. <laughs> I, I usually know that one pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Josh, do you believe in the sanctity of marriage? I believe in the sanctity of marriage. I believe what Jesus said, that God created man and woman, and that they were to become one flesh. And Josh, do you believe that the church is the agency that God has chosen to reveal the goodness of God to a lost world, and that, that the church is alive and active to undo the works of the devil? Absolutely. I believe that the church is, is Jesus' bride, and it is our duty to make her look beautiful that we are going to be prepared and powerful when the day he returns for his bride. And Josh, do you know that God has called you to be the pastor of this church? I know without a doubt that God has called me to be the pastor of this church. Mako, do you know that Josh has called your husband to be the pastor of this church? I do. <laughs> okay, Josh, I'm going to ask if you would kneel down. I'm going to ask if our attending clergy would gather around Josh. And just come up on the stage and get behind him. You can... Um, All of our elders, if you would, um, I'm going to ask our elders if you would come and stand in, in front of Josh. Elders and, and staff people, if you would stand in front of Josh. Father, your method of Appointing people is for godly men to teach godly people who will in turn teach godly people who will in turn teach. And Father, for this uh, succession of, of ministry that, ha that has come down the line here, Father, we lay hands on Josh for the purpose of anointing and of releasing him into this next season of his life. Father, we, we lay hands on Josh to bestow upon him a mantle. Father, to not only give him our blessing, Father, but to give him our encouragement and to speak, to speak strength to him. Holy Spirit, come on Josh now. Holy Spirit, come. Come in a fresh new way. Father, I pray that you would tune up every spiritual gift inside of Josh. Father, I pray that you would bless him in this season, Lord. And we thank you for it. For any of our uh, attenders, if you would like to pray now, please go right ahead.
is today not just immediate, but in the history of your church, a cloud of witnesses stands around him and affirms your anointing in him. I ask, Lord, that you would give him eyes that see clearly in the day, a tongue that speaks clearly in the day, that through the chaos and confusion and upheaval in our culture, his voice would rise as someone who brings clarity of insight and truth and the love that you pour out on this planet, that in his speech would be a sword of righteousness and a rod of healing, I pray in Jesus' name. We declare the Passover lamb over their, uh, over their doors, God, that their blood be sanctified and redeemed. God, I thank you as my wife prayed this morning for him, that the word is that he would be greater and mightier things than even his own father, Lord. God, even yourself said that he would do greater and mightier works. We say right now in agreement that if you partake of that and you operate in that power and that authority that has been poured out by the God of all things, yes. the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, the mighty Redeemer, we speak this over his people. We speak this over his people. Heavenly Father, today is not a surprise. It's a natural progression of the calling that you've had on Josh's life. Lord, I saw it when he was a goofy junior high. <laughs> Even then, Lord, even then, he had a depth of character, he had a deep love for you, and you had given him a pastoral heart, Lord, he was the key to that youth group, as far as bringing kids in and ministering to them and providing pastoral care, Lord. And I just pray now that he ste as he steps into this new role, Lord, I pray for that same anointing and fulfillment, Lord, in a hundred times over, Lord. Bless them and make those, Lord, protect them, put a hedge about them, I pray in Jesus' name. says he's going to open your ears in a new way. You're going to hear his voice like you've never heard his voice. And you're not only going to hear, but you're going to discern. The Lord is going to give you the wisdom to know to do with what you've heard. You're going to know how to handle it. You're going to know how to deal with it. And the Lord says, uh, as you seek him, he is going to give you a new confidence. Come on. Hallelujah. Confidence you, to lead my people, Come says on. the Lord. And I will lead you into that dream that I have placed within your Hallelujah. heart. Hallelujah. For I have called you for this purpose 
and I have called you for such a time as this, says the Lord. My hand is upon you, my Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, rests upon you. Be my man in this hour and lead my people, and I will give you victory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus. Father, I thank you that as you're giving a double portion from Father to Son, and you're pouring out many gifts upon your son Josh today, that Lord, some of the greatest gifts that you're imparting to him in double measure are the gifts of integrity and character that comes from his earthly father, that comes from his heavenly father. But Father, we speak character and integrity into Josh to double measure your gifts in your holy ministry. Yeah, I declare unity and protection over Josh's family, over Mako and Sophia, that his home would be his first ministry, his refuge, and that he could minister out of place of rest. chaos of a, of a busy um, pastoral schedule, Father, he still makes time. If you ask him, you got a minute? He always, the answer is always yes, Father. And I thank you for that heart for us, Lord. And the church, we thank you for this tremendous blessing of a gift that Josh gave to us, Lord Jesus. And I pray that on top of what he has given, you pile on him, Father. You give him more than One last person. Lord, I pray for Josh's eyes. Mm -hmm. Lord, um, the eyes that would see, we know what the enemy has taken away. So give him eyes to see where he's hidden these things at. Lord, that he would go out in the community and he would just turn things over. And that he would claim back even forgotten things and forgotten places that have been anointed and named the Lord, and that the church would bless him in doing this in times where it feels like he's seeking something that they can't see, and that there would be intercessors that would
done that he would go and he would find that spot that he would give his eyes to see and claim that claim that what is rightfully yours to do. And bring it back here to be nurtured and sent for and restored and put in a place where all this Mako, I'm sorry, hon. <laughs> I want you to sit down and make you come back up. But um, Janice and I want to, to pray with you as well. And we have we've prayed for you a lot. I guess you know that. And, uh, but in Ephesians in chapter 3, Paul says, For this reason... I bow on my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth uh, is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or, or imagine, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
Father, we, um, we, we come together in the name of Jesus. And as a number of years ago, as you laid um, the, the, the vision and the dream for Janice uh, and, and, and me to, to start this church, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that you would continue that, that dream. Father, we pass this on to Josh and Mako now. We pass it on to them as a man of God and as a woman of God who is equipped mm -hmm. and who is ready and who has made that good confession. Yes, and we pray your blessings upon them now. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray you would just release an anointing on Josh now. God, a, 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 a double portion, more than he could ask or imagine. Let your Holy Spirit come upon him in fullness now. May the fullness and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit flow through him mightily. We ask these things in your precious holy name. Father, I pray your blessings on Mako, Lord. God, that as she is stepping into this, this, this partnership, Father, God, that she is the help meet. And Father, she is just as called as Josh. And, Father, she needs just as much of a power of the Holy Spirit in her life. So, God, go before Mako. Strengthen her. Give her all wisdom, knowledge, and power. God, bless her heart for you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, against your dream for Claremont. Lord, again to get today, Lord, we just join our voices and say, Lord, open that bronze gate, cut through those iron bars. Lord, we plead for this city, we plead for this valley, that righteousness would rain down and salvation would spring forth. We pray in the heavenly realms that you'd push back the darkness that has had this city bound for since we were youth pastors and before where we marched around this city and we've marched around those colleges and we've marched around every evil store in this town when we were kids and didn't know what we were doing, Lord, you're still on the move. And God, you have a plan for Claremont. You have a plan for this city that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church and Claremont. So, Lord, right now, together, we agree that you, O oh Lord, would send your mighty, powerful, warring angels in their heavenly realms. And, Lord, that you would do battle in the heavenly realms for the freedom of the people in this city. That you would set the captives free in this city. That you would set the captives free in this valley. That every child that goes to every school in this community, Lord, would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That you would raise up a standard against the darkness of this community. That you'd raise up against a standard against the darkness of our culture. And Lord, that you would use Joshua and Mako to do mighty battle for you and for your kingdom to be advanced, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the legacy that, he, that Josh has from his great-grandfather and from his father and from his, actually his great-great-grandfather. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would honor that today, that this would be a day where heaven and earth, Lord, sees the 
beauty of your glory come forth and salvation springing up. I pray for a mighty anointing on Granite Creek Community Church and every person that calls this place home, that they would see lives transformed in their families and in this community. And there would be a powerful witness of the, of the resurrection Christ in this town. And I thank you for that releasing power. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Amen. 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 Um, I'm going to let Josh Mako sit down just for a second, and then uh, and then I'll make Josh come back up. But uh, something I want to do now, and I want to, um, I told you I was going to ask you some questions. And I, I was thinking, you know, for some of you people, are, you're not members of the church, and so is, is it fair for me to ask you to make this commitment? I'm going to ask on behalf of your pastor. <laughs> I'm going to ask this, that the way that I, that I would pass it on to you is that, um, as a matter of fact, um, we are one body. And that the church is to be protected, and the church is to take care of itself. We are a family, and family takes care of family. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you some questions. For those of you who have gone through the membership class in our church, these are going to be familiar questions to you. But I'm going to ask you to make this fresh commitment to, to Josh and to Mako as, as the pastor of the church. I'm going to ask you to make this commitment. If this is not your home church, I'm going to ask you to make this commitment to your home church. And uh, I'm going to, to read this, the, the, this covenant, and, and I'm going to ask you, um, if, you your, if your response, if you agree with this, that you will say, I will. I made Josh answer questions. Now, this is a double-way deal, folks. A pastor is good as long as the sheep are following and so this, this is, I'm asking you to now make a commitment to Josh. For those of you, this is not your home church. Make a commitment to your pastor this way. But I'm going to ask you to, to stand as you are making this commitment. And I'm going to put these words in your mouth. And then if you agree with them at the end of it, just say, I will. Okay, having received Christ as my Lord and Savior... And being in agreement with the church's statements and strategies and structures and theology, I now feel led by the Holy Spirit to unite with Granite Creek Community Church or your own church, Granite Creek Community Church family. In doing so, I commit myself to God and to the other members of this church family to do the following. We will protect the unity of my church by acting in love towards other members by refusing to gossip, and by following the leaders. I will share in the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the unchurched to attend, and by warmly welcoming those who visit. I will serve the ministry of my church by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped to serve by my pastors and by developing uh, a servant's heart. I will. And I will support the testimony of my church 
by attending faithfully, by living a godly life, and by giving regularly. If you meant that from your heart, may God bless you richly in that statement. You made a public confession of something that you're going to do to cause your church to grow. Father, I pray your blessings upon everyone here. Father, that you would bless them in their church growth here in this church family, in their church growth in their own church home. God, bless them richly. God, go before them. And we give you the glory, we give you the praise and the honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I take those words very seriously, and I know that Josh does. You may feel manipulated into it, but, uh, but if I did not believe that many of you want to make that declaration, I wouldn't have done that. I know that many times because I want to make a declaration. Janice and I are, um, like I say, we are not retiring. We're not going anywhere, uh, except I'm going to a smaller office. Um, but we have a gift that we would like to give to the Granite Creek Church family in celebration of today and what is going on. Um, as I introduced Hyatt more a little earlier, um, I, I told you that he was the, um, he was the president of Wycliffe Bible Translators for uh, over 20 years. He has served the kingdom of God, uh, and he is now an artist. Uh, I, I love I love his work. I really do. And um, uh, a number of years ago, um, he was commissioned to, to paint a very special painting. And, and he came up with something. And we, we, are, we have um, something we want to share with you today. So, Hyatt, come on up and bring this out. And I mean, I'm going to need a couple of you to help. Janice, come on up. I need, I need, I'm going to need several of you to help pull this thing out. So let's go ahead and, uh, and roll this out. This will be mounted, and it is going to be placed inside of the, the lobby area here. As this is unrolling, you'll see that it is a, um, it's taken from Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting, The Last Supper. Try not, try not to wrinkle it. It is on canvas. Eventually, it'll be stretched and hung someplace in the church. It's 20 feet long. It's the same size as the original. Okay, for the sake of the people on the side, the guys in the end kind of go around the back a little bit. I'm orchestrating this as I go, move back a little bit, push back, push back, and the men in the middle come out to the front a little bit. It'll be a nice round. Yeah. Hey, that's a little bit better. <laughs> Let me just explain it. I basically did it on a long weekend for a missions conference. I had no idea that it was gonna take off. It's been become my most famous painting. The people, just to let you know, people say, where's the American? Well, on the very left is a crow, a crow, from, crow Indian from Montana. 
Then a Berber from North Africa. The standing figure is a Maasai. A man from China is from China. A man with face paint is from Colombia. Well, they all, they're all paint, painted, so anyway, he's wearing face paint. And then Afghanistan, and then what? Israel? Heaven? <laughs> and then this one is from uh, Ethiopia, southern Mexico, Brazil, Papua New Guinea, which I was at again just last month. This is the coast of Salish Indian from Canada, and then from Mongolia. I have bookmarks on it. My father, as he was getting older, would carry bookmarks in his pocket to give to everybody. He would say, this is the last, uh, this is not the last supper, this is the next supper. And if you believe, you'll be there too. So this will be, uh, this is uh, the gift that Janice and I want to give to the church family. I want to thank you for that. Um, Hyatt has a gift for all of you today. Uh, just in remembrance of today, uh, each family as you receive, you will, as you leave, you will receive a, a, a bookmark of, of, of this painting. And so... Uh, As the church goes into its next season, I want to encourage you to, to dream big. God's gift to the church is gifted people. And as you make commitments to, to the church, he will use your gifts to, to further develop the church. I don't want to, um, to put too much on, on this, but a number of years ago, when, when Josh was very young, one night the Lord woke me up in the middle of my sleep and he spoke to me very clearly and, he, and in a very simple little phrase, the Lord spoke to me and said, the son will outshine the father. And because of that, it's with a great deal of confidence and a great deal of, 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 of uh, commitment in my own heart that um, I want to give to this church my son. Janice and I would like to give to you our greatest treasure, and that is our son. We believe that that is a godly thing. I think God gives his son. So I'm going to ask Josh to come up and, and address you for his first time as the lead pastor of this church. Pastor Josh.
your church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. How are you guys holding up? Your kids okay? How much, how much time do I have? Um, you know, it, honestly, it's a really strange uh, sensation to have a church service that's kind of about you, and I don't like it because I think church ought to be about you and, and not me, but it is what it is, right? We've got to do this somehow, so um, when we were, I actually picked the, the graphic for the, for the program, and, uh, you know, we were passing the torch as the name, obviously, and, and I was trying to figure out, you know, we're looking at, you know, you know, Olympians passing the torch, and the Olympic torch in space, and all these different, Jennifer and I, Jennifer Maglio, our graphic designer, she's awesome, uh, we're, we're just kind of going back, and it's like, I just don't like any of that, because because this isn't about, it's not about me, necessarily, it's, it's about the church, and this is, this is more the feeling that I like. I like the idea of, of a community tending a fire and letting that fire rise in these, these beautiful fire kites. My first fire kite, my youth pastor taught me how to make them. And what you do is you get a piece of newspaper, and then you light the ends on fire, and then this big giant ash ball of flame goes up into the sky hundreds of feet in the air. In Ontario. But you get the idea, right? I mean, this is the idea of the church. You're supposed to light this thing off and, and see where the wind takes it. See where the Holy Spirit guides. We'll be, we've, been, we've been talking about dreaming with God, catching God's dream in, in our church, and this is actually the last sermon on that. And uh, we'll be talking about um, navigating the future. And once we are able to understand what God's dream is for our life, uh, we have a destiny. We have a purpose. And we got to get there. And, and the image that I'm going to use is a boat. And sometimes we've got these beautiful, gorgeous boats, and they sit in our harbors because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to push them out and to guide us. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to invite you to that series coming up next week. Again, this is odd, but um, it's sweet. And there is, in this transition, this passing of the torch, it's biblical. And there's something that not only that I get out of it or, you know, the big picture of church transition stuff, but I want you to know something. You can get something out of this transition, too, because it, it, the theme is biblical, the, the, it Stories get put in the Bible for a reason, and the reason is for you to grow and to mature. And I want to talk about, how much time do I have? Um, all right, we're getting there. Um, I'll, I'll, real quick, I want to talk about three passings of the torch in the Bible, and again, this is, you need to learn from this. You need to, it needs to stretch your faith. It needs to encourage you. But the three that I want to talk about, first one was the passing of the torch from Moses to Joshua. The, I mean, Moses, one of the greatest men of faith that the Bible has ever known, somebody that, that was so intimate with God that God entrusted him with law. So intimate with God that he actually spoke with God face to face. 
And yet, for some reason, his destiny only took him so far. Moses had the dream. Joshua fulfilled the dream in the promised land. The dream was conceived in Moses' heart to free people, to free them from slavery, to free them from bondage, in essence, to free them from a religious system, and to take them into a promised land. It was conceived in Moses' heart. The destiny was produced in Joshua. He's the one that crossed over into the promised land. He's the one that received victory. Him and his people received the victory. The next one, which I like, it was the the passing of the torch from Elijah to Elisha. I know we always get those mixed up. But that that passing of the torch from a a prophet who heard God's voice in in an extremely powerful way, who worked in signs and wonders that, that would blow us away, and he passes that torch, his mantle, his jacket, onto Elisha. And Elisha has the audacity to say, I would like a double portion, please. I would like a double portion, please. And all you guys, too. I want your anointings, too. I'm not going to, I mean, and, and it's not for selfish reasons. It's biblical. I want that double portion. I want that double anointing. And we see, we see this beautiful thing where uh, one conduit, the prophetic voice of God, it gets, it gets passed to the next generation. It gets transferred. It continues. It goes from glory to glory. It actually gets better. Right? And then the last one I want to look at, and if you, I guess we should open the Bible, right? Huh? What do you think? First um, Kings. Chapter 8. Chapter 8 and the very end of the chapter. Uh, This is the the passing of the torch from David to his son Solomon. And I want you to understand that uh, the, the same system or the same pattern was going on with Solomon. Now, I got it all out of chronological order. I understand that. But what we have is we have a really vivid, intense dream that was sown into David's heart. David knew that he had to build a temple. Like God's passion was for David, and it wasn't for a temple. God's passion was for David. But David was the one that had the dream to build a structure, to build the most glorious structure the planet has ever seen, to house the Shekinah glory of God to house the Spirit of God. That was his dream, and he never got to see it happen. And his son Solomon, here's the beautiful thing, there's a beautiful relationship about between a son and a father. Actually, David was a terrible dad. He was horrible. But at some point in his life, he actually sat his son Solomon down, and he said, look, I know I've been a bad dad. I know I haven't done everything right. I'm going to give you one little bit of information, a bit of wisdom, and wisdom is, is it. Wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is the key. And at all costs, no matter what it costs you, that's what you want. You want wisdom. And Solomon received wisdom in a dream of the night. And he woke up smarter than he was. Solomon has now built the temple of God. 
He's built this structure to receive Shekinah glory. And in verse uh, 65, we'll go down to 66. They have now consecrated, they've dedicated this temple. And in verse 66, on the following day, he sent the people away. They blessed the king, and then they went home, joyful and glad in heart for all the things the Lord has done in his servant, what's it say? David and his people. See, this is, all right, I have to flesh this out. This is the heart of the kingdom of heaven. This is the heart of God. See, when Jesus spoke of the kingdom of heaven, he tells a lot of really great stories about what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that you find. The kingdom of heaven is like a, like a pearl that's priceless. So he gives all these incredible, beautiful, intricate stories of what the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is. And then he says something very profound. He takes them from getting them thinking about what the kingdom is to the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. Extremely simple, extremely profound, and it rocked their world. And the thing that I, again, we could talk about what the kingdom of heaven is for a very long time, but how I'm reading the scriptures, and when I see it, there's something very specific that happens in how Jesus operates and how he's able to access the power that he needs. Now, he's got all power, but he, he accessed God the Father's power for some reason. He, he, he's empowered by a heavenly father. And he says it out front. He says, I don't do anything unless I see the father doing it. And he's modeling that to us. And he's, he's modeling a relationship, a very powerful relationship. And the way that I read what the kingdom of heaven is, the kingdom of heaven is illustrated by a relationship that is tied to the Father's heart. The kingdom of heaven is bound in a relationship that is tied to a Father's heart. And I believe there is, I hate to say it this way, but there's like a spiritual mystery into this type of a relationship. There's, there's a principle, there's a spiritual principle that we can learn from, that you can learn from. Because those three people, that I, those three relationships that I list, listed off, they understood that. They understood that, that it's a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father that grants me access to function within the kingdom of heaven. It changes my life. It changes the perspective. And if Jesus did it, I think I ought to do it too. And so they understood this principle. And again, this is how I believe heaven works. Heaven honors the seed, the dream that was planted in somebody's heart. Look, I am your pastor. <laughs> I am your senior pastor. I am responsible for leading you, your family, your friends, 
this community, I'm responsible for leading you to heaven. I'm responsible for saving souls. And I know within my heart of hearts, this church will have victory. This church is going to see all of our dreams unfold. We are actually going to move into the promised land now. We are going to see victory. And it's not just this church. Okay, when Moses gave Joshua his commission, he says, you're going to go into the promised land and you're going to have victory. Here's the unfortunate thing with us. It was conditional on the, on the, on the premise that you will obey everything that is written and that your children will repeat the words of God over and over and over again. And when you're walking with them in the fields, you're having God talks. That's the condition to success and victory. And so this church is going to succeed, and you can succeed too. But you have to do what Moses did. You have to follow his advice. You have to say, I am going to commit myself to the word of God. I'm going to commit myself to living right. I'm going to commit myself to seeking justice. You also have got to take on this uh, relationship that Elijah had with, with Elijah. As we are Elijah's, we have to say, I want a double portion. You, what you had is great, but I want more. I need to be empowered more. And what I want to illustrate here, and what Solomon illustrates, is that yes, this church will have victory. You will have personal victory. But you want to know who's going to be honored? These two sitting right here. You don't want to know who's going to gain the honor? My grandparents that... They're, they're, they're not physically here, and this might sound weird, but I believe that they're here. You see, it was my grandfather's dream to see the supernatural natural. He would tell me crazy stories of him traveling through China, healing hundreds of people where they're throwing their crutches away. That does something to a child. It was my grandmother, Bo, who... Um, who instilled a love of reading the Bible into me, where the Word of God transforms the heart. It was my grandfather, Pops, who was a deacon in the church, who was an oil rig worker, and he worked just as hard in the church as he did on an oil rig. Work ethic. It's amazing. My grandmother, who just went to be with the Lord not too long ago, uh, this church helped bury her. Thank you so much for that, that we can honor those that have gone before us. My grandmother, man, I, she always knew what I was up to. <laughs> always. When I was misbehaving, she knew. I don't like that, but she's an intercessor. She's always praying for me. She's always contending for me. And so when... Solomon dedicates the temple. The people didn't give him the honor. They gave David the honor. And David was dead. But you see, that's how heaven works, folks. 
That is the whole part of it. Heaven honors those that have gone before, that have fought, that have put up, that have shed blood, shed tears, shed money. That's who heaven's going to honor. And if we are contending for our families, if we are fighting for our families, you might not see victory, but you've planted the seeds, and you will get the honor someday. But I don't, I'm not going to get into it. Read, read Luke 9 on the transfiguration. Elijah had a double portion of Elijah's blessing, right? Joshua received the victory in the promised land. Not Moses. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, who is honored? The honor is bestowed to the person that had the dream that paid the price. Like we're sitting in these chairs because somebody has gone before us and has paid a price. And a heavy price. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, you have Jesus, the descendant of David. They all kind of come together. And you have Elijah. And you have Moses. And they're talking to Jesus about the resurrection and what to come. It's an amazing story. They get the honor. And that is how heaven works. We have a saying in our church. He has a saying. He has a saying that was a seed that was from God that we are going to carry forward. And that is religion is dead and relationship is alive. Amen. You know, we have a mission statement. No one knows what the mission statement is. It's beautifully written. I actually think we have two mission statements floating around somewhere. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of prose. But nobody can, no, nobody can remember it. You know what Granite Creek does? You know what our mission is? Relationship, not religion. Religion kills. Religion is nasty. It's a system. It's a system that doesn't involve Jesus. It's mean. It's condescending. It's cruel. It's boring. And if it's carried to its maximum level, it's going to lead to hate, and then it's going to tell everybody that you don't need Jesus because you've got a system. You don't need grace. Relationship. Relationship is extremely difficult because it involves commitment, sacrifice. Relationship loves. Religion can't love. Relationship involves love. So why do people fall into religion? Because religion is easier. Religion is a lot easier. It's, it's, it's easier for me to say... I need to pray about my issues. And it's easier for me to rattle off the Lord's Prayer a hundred times, to count them off on a rosary bead, than it is to actually sit down and have a conversation with Jesus. Try that sometime. Try to actually sit down and talk to Jesus as if you would talk to a friend instead of going through this repetitious prayer. It is easier for me to develop a complex systematic understanding of the nature of God in the cosmos 
than it is to understand that God wants to be a loving father that wants to meet my needs. It's actually easier to build a system than it is to be engaged in a relationship with a loving father. It is actually easier for me to get my Bible out and to find some obscure passage that will tell me what I want it to tell me to give me the answer that I want to hear rather than to allow the Holy Spirit to lead, to to guide, to convict, to encourage. It's relationship. Relationship and not religion. We are bent, and I learned this from my dad, we are bent on hunting down and destroying religion, no matter what form it takes. We have great programs. Programs are awesome. But if programs take on religion, we got to kill it. We have great traditions, like squeezing orange juice on Sunday morning. Awesome tradition. If it, if it turns into religion, we got to squash it. We have great worship songs, but if a worship song starts to smell religious, we got to kill it. Uh, years ago, my dad used to wear Hawaiian shirts. Remember this? He used to preach in a Hawaiian shirt, and then one day he stopped, and I said, Dad, why, why aren't you wearing your Hawaiian shirts anymore when you preach? And he says, he says because it's turned into a vestment for me. And if you're in the vineyard, you know what I'm talking about. The Hawaiian shirt turned into a vestment for preachers. It became religious. It became a collar. It, it kept us from a relationship because you got my Hawaiian shirt on. I'm cool. Relationship, not religion. It's the hardest thing a church can do, I believe. Because not only do we have to strive and struggle to have a proper relationship with God, we also have to strive and struggle to have a proper relationship with each other. But Jesus is very clear, and I believe it. He had this relationship with his heavenly Father that demonstrated what the kingdom of heaven was meant to do. He modeled it for us. We are to do it. So, I am your pastor. If you are a member of Granite Creek, if you call this place your home, I am your pastor. And it is my desire, my heart's desire to lead you into personal victory, to lead this church into corporate victory, to honor all of those that have gone before us, to develop disciples of Christ that are mature, Mature believers in Christ and not Pharisees. The last thing that the church needs are more Pharisees. So I want to encourage you today. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need your prayers. Uh, Desperately, I'm going to need your prayers. And, um, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. I know the job description very well. I could have spent my entire life running this church, and still being number two. And I would have been completely content with that, by the way. Because there is a weight that comes when you're leading a congregation. I understand what the weight is. I really do. And honestly, I was freaking out at one time. And 
This word came to me. It's also for you. I was freaking out because, okay, my, my imagination, right? My vain imagination. All hell is going to break loose on you and your family, Josh, right? All hell is going to break loose. Every evil principality in the city of Claremont is going to come and get you, and demons are going to jump out of bushes and grab you. And so I'm just like, oh, no, that's the, that's the cost of discipleship. I'm just going to have to suffer, right? And you know what God told me? And you know what he's telling you? He says, I protect those I promote. I protect those I promote. I don't have to deal with that stuff because God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're going to protect myself and my family. And they're going to protect you. He also told me that it's conditional. Hmm? It's conditional. It depends on whether I am listening to God It depends whether I am hearing his voice and if I'm obeying his precepts. That goes for you too. Look, grace is free. Favor is conditional, folks. So I have nothing to be afraid of. Granite Creek, you have nothing to be afraid of. If we hold each other accountable, if we live in relationship and not religion, we're going to have the victory that we so desperately desire. I have the band and ushers come on up. I think we're ready to go, right? Kids, kids, I think you guys are awesome. For all the little ones in here, you guys are so cool. Thanks for putting up with the big kid service. And um, little ones, I want you to know that there's really not a whole lot of difference between you guys and these guys. There's just just not that much difference. We're just boring. I want to thank all the attending pastors that, that prayed for me that came out. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. And um, I love you dearly. I could spend another message telling all the great stories of how they have paid a way for me to be here and for you to sit in those chairs. Uh, I, I've, I've had so many people pour into my life that I can't recall, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Find somebody that you can pour your life into. It's, um, you might have it in your heart. Your kids will reap the benefits. Let's pray. I got the ushers right here. Yeah, okay, that's all right. <laughs> uh, church, will you pray? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, descend in our number, in our congregation. Pray that you will just bind everybody together. Those that call Granite Creek Church home and those that don't, regardless, we're all one body, we're all one flesh, and I pray that you will just bind us all together in love. Jesus, may we be in that face-to-face relationship where we can actually talk to you and not talk about you, where we can engage with you instead of trying to get around you by saying dumb prayers. God, I pray that we would just 
really engage you in a new relationship and we will see how beautiful you really are. Like you are prettier than that guy on the movies, God. You are so incredibly gorgeous. And I just pray that we would be attracted to a new, not a new Jesus, but the Jesus. I pray that we would be attracted to Jesus that, uh, that transforms lives, that paid the price for the penalty of our sins. And loving Father, God, I pray that we will maintain a healthy relationship with you where we won't blame you for stuff that, we, that we've done or bad things in our lives, God, that we will allow you to be our Father, to come alongside of us, to help us, God. Bless this offering. God, bless it as seed today. God, may it be a powerful seed. We ask for a double anointing on this property. That we know you're here. We know you've been here for years, but we ask for more angels. We know we got at least four. We want four more, God. More angelic presence, God. And may you say, I choose you, Granite Creek. I choose, I choose that individual to live in, not this building. I choose to make my temple into this body. May we receive afresh. Bless us. Bless us often, God. We love you.